why content creators today are so popular compared to your traditional celebrities is they have a level of authenticity and relatability and that ability to feel like that person's like you, right? Like you develop those parasocial relationships much more with uh, content creators than with, you know, traditional celebrities. This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network. Available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Hey, today we want to talk about how do you actually teach influencer marketing? This is an interesting topic, especially, you know, I keep going back and forth. Should I get a degree in this? Should I get a degree in that? Should I go back to school? Should you get a degree in something or another? So very, very interesting topic to me. Before we get to today's guest, though, a couple quick shout outs. Number one, um, the Going Live book is available. There's a new version out now, Going Live, live podcasting for the win. All you have to do is scan the code on the screen there um, if you want to read the updated version of that book. Um, and of course, that's now part of the Content Marketing Strategies book series on Amazon. The other thing I want to mention really quickly, I always drink these Polar um, Original Seltzer um, bubbly water. So if you want to, um, if you want to get refreshed, check that out as well. We really don't want to make our guests wait much longer, but I do want to share a quick clip, um, from the, from Shep Hyken's podcast. I was a guest on there earlier this week, and I hope you check that out. Here's a quick taste. You know, uh, branding is sometimes undervalued in some companies and you do need a good brand. And that is not just the logo, not just the colors, but it is also the colors and the logos, right? How do you, how does your brand look? How does it feel? Um, what does it stand for? So it, it's all those things uh, together. How accessible is it to people? How easy is it to consume the content and, and connect with you? So all these different things go hand in hand. Uh, and some people say, well, your brand is what people say it is, but, but you, you do have a, a vote in the matter. And that is by how do you create the experience so people feel the brand. So you have to create that experience. And at the end of the day, you have to have people who can help you create that experience. And that includes influencers. So how do we teach students, college students today to become influencers and why should they learn? Jacob Heiler is director of the uh, Center for Consumer Research and Analytics and a professor of marketing at Ohio University. Uh, Jacob, really glad to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Christoph. It's it's great to talk about this topic. It's one of my my favorite things. And certainly, I'm always interested in how do people learn things in college, and and how do you keep up on and and all these different things. But first of all, make the case for us why should college students learn about becoming influencers, and how do you even how do you even teach them? So, from a, a standpoint of you know, why it's so important to learn to become an influencer. Not, not every student is going to become an, an influencer in the sense of like in the journey as a content creator and then like bridging that gap into becoming an influencer for brands necessarily. But it is, it does teach you a valuable set of skills. And I think it's important for 
any new graduate, anyone working in the marketing space to really understand, you know, what an influencer is, how they have, you know, influence and impact on the brand's communications and their ability to tell stories and from a brand perspective, how to just work with them, right? Um, and it, unfortunately, in, you know, in today's world, I think that one of the things that gets dramatically overlooked, especially in the education space, is how important communication skills really are. Um, and, you know, as we move to a more and more digital oriented area er, era where we are, you know, communicating online more than ever, um, there's a statistic I love that says, you know, every every minute on YouTube minute, there is 500 hours of content uploaded. And it's a competitive space, but it's also a very democratized space in the sense that anybody can jump on. And if they have the talent, if they can grow an audience, they can become you know, influential. And that is, I think, a dream for a lot of different people. So my job in the influencer, or it's called content creation and influencer marketing class that I developed this semester is really just to give students the ability to understand three main things, which is how the class is structured. One, the kind of psychology and sociology that underlies why content creation got to the point that it is now uh, and why influencers and you know, TikTokers and YouTubers and Instagrammers, like why they have so much power and influence, for lack of a better word, in today's market. Uh, two is what are the technical skills they need to get there? So whether it be, you know, taking photos or preparing a live stream or uh preparing a short or a TikTok video or a long form video like YouTube, like giving them the technical skills on that. And then on the third uh, unit of the class or the third section of the class, we start talking about, all right, how do you build a business or begin to monetize that content either through ad revenue or working with brands um, or affiliate links or all the different ways that you can monetize your content. And you know, what's in, what's interesting to me about this whole topic is that when I went into journalism, there was a newspaper, right? There was a website even, and I didn't have to really work, worry about the whole building an audience thing. And today people have to do that uh, if they want to become an influencer. We had Kim, uh, Kim, um, uh, what is her last name? Kim Whittler, Whittling, I think something like that. My apologies. It's like Whittler. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What is it? <laughs> anyway, it's let's like move Whittler. on. Yeah. Kim. <laughs> And it's a good, it's a great book and interesting discussion on athlete brands. And one thing that she talked about is that, you know, this, this generation currently in college, they grew up with social media, right? And I even see my teenage daughter, she's growing up with social media, but she's not growing up with social media, how I'm growing up with it, or how I'm using it as a business tool. She's mm -hmm. using it as a social tool, Right. So is that part of learning how to become an influencer too, to move from the social only aspect to how do you turn it into a business and how do you do that? Yeah. So, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, a lot of people, I heard a great quote uh, a little while back. Uh, I forget the content creator who said it, but he said that, you know, people who typically go into YouTube or TikTok or something like that, go in wanting to be a content creator, meaning they go in with the necessary skills or a dream or a passion to talk about some topic or create content around some topic that's entertaining or educative in some way. They don't go into that process of thinking about like, how do I, how do I monetize this? How do I make this a long-term sustainable career? A lot of times, you know, people go in as kind of what's called blue collar uh, content creators, meaning people who have their day job and then they come home and they spend all this time kind of creating content because they love it. It's their hobby. It's their passion. 
But for those who transition from, you know, going from being a content creator to an influencer is kind of the big, you know, the big question is how do you do that? And there's many, many different, you know, paths for that. I think the interesting thing about it is it's changed dramatically from the early days or our probably beginning days on YouTube in the early days, uh, you posted a video, you're able to collect ad revenue from it. And that's great. And, and you could actually maintain a relatively comfortable living on ad revenue to then we had the, uh, the adpocalypse, the part one that was, you know, with PewDiePie way back when a wall street journal article came out that, you know, took a joke that he had put together, maybe an off color joke, but a, a joke nonetheless. And advertisers started to get scared of like, okay, we can't just post our ads everywhere on YouTube. Now we need to, to somehow moderate that content and make decisions about, about like what ads, you know, we are showing on who's co ad revenue as a percentage of being able to, to sustain a living has just plummeted. Like if you look at the percentages on most channels in terms of like where their revenue is coming from, it's not coming from traditional Google AdSense ad revenue. It's coming from side businesses. So some of the most common ones I see is, you know, people building coffee brands around their content or t-shirt or clothing brands. There's a, a content creator I love named Elvis the Alien who started his own alien clothing line uh, and is very successful in that, in that sense. I imagine most of his money comes from that. And he uses his platform not as the product necessarily, though it is a product. He uses his platform as a way to get people into his ecosystem to advertise his own products. Um, and so really thinking about, you know, how do you build out a business? How do you connect with other content creators? How do you do collaborations? Because um, collaborations are incredibly, incredibly important in today's marketplace too, is, you know, it's not just beneficial for the smaller content creator to collaborate with a bigger content creator. It's beneficial for the bigger content creator to potentially get exposure to a new audience who that smaller content creator hasn't, you know, has tapped into that they haven't had a chance yet to. So, you know, for someone as big as like Mr. Beast, it's valuable for him to do a collaboration with like a Guga Foods who has maybe, I think Guga has like 4 million subscribers and Mr. Beast has 120 something million subscribers. But there's a, there's an audience in that kind of cooking space that Mr. Beast might not have had exposure to. So it's beneficial both ways. Um, so, you know, like with so many things nowadays, you know, obviously being a content creator, obviously thinking about, um, you know, how do you monetize your own content? How do you build a sustainable living around yourself? What are the considerations that you have to make, uh, being a full-time content creator? It's not exactly the most cushy lifestyle. You have to be kind of, you know, consistent with the type of content that you make, whether that be kind of building a valuable content library, or if that's being more reaction oriented, where the quality of your content doesn't matter so much as, as the timeliness and making sure that you're commenting on things regularly. Um, you know, we talk about strategies for all that, but you know, if you had to extrapolate this beyond just the content creator space, I mean, look at, look at all of us, right? We all have to manage our personal brands in some ways as professionals, even if that's just on LinkedIn. And the more that you can learn to manage that personal brand, which is something that's kind of an ancillary benefit of this class, the better off you're going to be career space, career-wise long-term. You know, what's interesting to me when let's circle back to the whole quality of content issue in a minute. But when I listen to you, it really comes down to it's it's not just one skill anymore, right? It's like mm -mm. business acumen, really. And you have to figure out how do you hit all these different channels? I'll give you an example. We're going to change the 
link there in the top for a second. That's uh, my Amazon store up there if you want to scan on that. And the reason I bring that up is not just this is not just a plug like the other mentions of products earlier, but really the reason I'm bringing this up here is because I signed up for Amazon Influencer Program when it first opened. Jacob, I had no idea why I was even signing up. And I'm like, I don't get mm -hmm. it. Why am I building a storefront? Who is going to see it? What am I going to put in it? And I didn't use it for years. And then all of a sudden, Amazon rolled out live streams. And guess what? Now it's really hitting a good uh, rhythm for me, right? I mean, a good yeah. revenue stream, fantastic opportunities for product videos, for live streams, whatever. But the reason I'm bringing that up is because I just try everything out of the gate, and then I might put it aside. But that's not something I learned in journalism school. That's not even something I learned in my first few jobs. How important is it to kind of learn some of those, let's try this, here's how you measure it, here's how long you give it. That's a whole other thing. Don't get me started. How long should I give something to work? Most podcasters mm -hmm. do 15 episodes, and they claim it didn't work. People, it didn't work because you did 15 episodes. This is episode, yeah. what, 580 something. You know, you have to keep going. So how important is that? And how do you teach that if it is? <laughs> mental mental perseverance is a, is a really, really difficult thing, I think, to teach. I think you either have it or you don't for a lot of people. But I think also it comes down to your motivation in, you know, building the content that you're building. Because I think that, you know, for some influencers, especially they get lost in the space of, well, I need to build some type of business or community around my content and then kind of lose sight. I, f I found myself in this in my own multiple different content creation journeys. I've, I've recorded over 160 something different podcasts. Um, I've had some that failed after, you know, 10 and maybe I, I quit too early on some of those, but I think for some of them too, I was just not passionate about it ultimately. And I think that, you know, with anything, if you don't have a true everlasting passion for what it is that you're talking about, no matter how hard you try to build a business around it, you probably will quit at some point because I can tell you from personal experience, the, you know, I created a video that went viral um, on YouTube, not super viral, but it got 350,000 uh, views on it. Um, had a couple other videos get watched by Asmongold, who is one of the, the biggest streamers in the world. Um, and that was an amazing, like amazing emotional rush. But why did I start doing that content? Well, I did, I started making content because I was kind of upset with the way that, uh, or some of the things that got revealed about Blizzard, Activision Blizzard, uh, which was a company that I admired for a long period of time. And I just started to try to make fun of it and, and meme about it. And it was kind of like a weird, like uh, a bit of a, therapeutic process for me to create some videos. And I think I tapped into the cultural zeitgeist that a lot of people were feeling a couple years ago. Um, and so it was really coming from a place of like pure interest and, and desire to make that type of content. And then when I hit that success, that success borderline kind of became a curse for me because it was like, nothing's as big of a rush as when you see like, you know, you wake up one morning and you have a video that hit a hundred thousand views and then it keeps growing and it eventually gets to 300,000 views. And then that lifts all your other videos to start getting, you know, 80,000 to a hundred thousand views. And you're like, holy crap, what just happened? And I think I kind of lost sight of it. Cause then after I kind of got through that part, I was like, well, I know podcasting, I want to start this. I want to start delving into different types of content. And I spread myself too thin in terms of uh, my experience kind of working through all of that. Um, and I kind of lost that passion. And I think that that's really the thing that, that 
makes people quit more than more than other things is either a loss of passion or they find themselves doing the the process of like I heard a great quote that said, you know, content creation is like the game of infinite continuous improvement, continuous self-improvement. Um, and like learning about microphones and cameras and all that stuff. And, you know, the thing that I tell my students is like, you don't need all that stuff to, to create great content. What you need is passion and great ideas. And that passion will carry you through because you got to be, especially for something like a Twitch streamer, you got to be willing to be entertaining when nobody is watching you. Because if someone clicks on that video or clicks on that stream and you're just dead face, like streaming a game, not talking, not being entertaining, they're going to click off. And Twitch, Twitch's recommendation algorithm is horrible for, for discovery for, for new creators. So, you know, you just have to have just this limitless passion for what it is that you're talking about. And that will carry you through. And eventually, you know, you'll learn the, the skills, like they'll change over time. Like you, you mentioned with your Amazon link, um, with building a side business, you'll learn what works for you and what doesn't work for you. But I think for many beginning content creators, the most important thing to focus on is your content, um, is your passion for that. And don't let things kind of pull you away from that. Let things kind of help complement that, you know, as you build businesses and stuff around the different types of content that you create. You know, I mean, I do agree with uh, everything you said there. What's interesting to me, too, is that I back in the day, I would just record my my podcast on my phone. I mean, when yeah. Seth Godin was on my podcast, I literally was sitting on my couch on my phone talking in the Anchor app. And guess what? People listen to it. People still listen to it. Seth Godin linked to it, right, and had it mm -hmm. highlighted on his own website. So the point is, certainly you can start uh, once you get going, though. Um, try to figure out what equipment do you need, what's important, what's not important. I'll give you an example. I got five lights shining on my bald head. You don't need five lights. The end. I'm no. going overboard. I buy new stuff. People send me stuff. You know, I try different things and now I got them. But this microphone is one that I'm using currently, the Blue Yeti uh, microphone. Now, the other thing I want to talk about, and this is actually from How to Reinvent Your Business Online, John Weiler. Uh, talked about all the different steps you have to do to, to to build your business online. Let's talk about that for a little bit. How do you teach students how to do that? How do we actually, uh, how can, I mean, it's so much, and maybe I don't, I don't want to mm -hmm. overstate it, but when I went to college, I learned how to be a journalist, which was like, I'm not going to oversimplify it, but basically it was like four things to learn. When I'm listening to you, I'm hearing like, 18 things to learn, yeah. right? How do you, how, how can people even do that? I think, I think it's important in today's world to, to recognize that there are tools out there that allow you to build a business without much time. I want to say time investment on your own part, because, you know, in the past, let's say you wanted to build a t-shirt business around your content creation platform. Well, you know, traditional thinking would say, well, you need to go and, you know, like buy a screen printer and press all these t-shirts and deal with distribution and shipping and all these different things. And content creators don't have the time for that. But the thing that I try to teach my students is that there's tools and businesses that will allow you to, you know, build a platform or build a business around your platform, I should say, that don't take much of your time investment. So for example, you know, 
for, I have a, a couple of my students are working on building, you know, platforms for their own personal influence. One already has a good bit of a following. And I was recommending to her, I'm like, maybe you should just think about, you know, making t-shirts with your logo on it or motivational sayings or something like that. And, you know, design those in Canva, which can be pretty simple. And then use something like Spring, uh, or it used to be Teespring, where you might not get the best margins off of that. I think you get about a 60%, 55%-ish margin off of it, off of any sale made. But just knowing that if you can make that, you know, that process, they handle distribution, printing, you don't have to deal with buying a bunch of overhead, uh, all those complicated inventory-related things around building a business, those are kind of just taken care of for you. And there's a lot of a lot of products and a lot of brands are kind of building up this way. Um, and you know, it's basically just kind of like free money for you if people choose to buy it. But the, the trick of it is, is then using your platform in a way that convinces people to want to support you in some way. Um, you know, you can't cross that Rubicon of like two on trying to sell too much stuff. I think, I think that talk a good, bit a good bit about when we talk about the psychology of influencers is, the more an influencer becomes popular, the less authentic and real and relatable that they start to feel. Um, and that's a tight rope of a balance where if you just start shilling products left and right, like you can't do that and grow an audience simultaneously. Once you maybe get a, a certain, you know, you've saturated your marketplace for your audience. Um, maybe you can start thinking about, you know, like heavily monetizing at that point, but uh, people will see through it and they they will find you less authentic and relatable because I think that's, you know, why content creators today are so popular compared to your traditional celebrities is they have a level of authenticity and relatability and that ability to feel like that person's like you, right? Like you develop those parasocial relationships much more with uh, content creators than with, you know, traditional celebrities. And I think that's why people gravitate to them. But as far as the technical skills go to, to build a business around your brand, it's like with anything, you just take, take it one step at a time, try not to overextend yourself um, and utilize the, the tools and technologies. Like for example, your, your Amazon affiliate links here, you know, it doesn't take a, a tremendous amount of effort to put together on your front. You're not having to manage all these sales or direct sell to people like leverage all those tools that allow you to, to promote things but don't require you to, uh, you know, do all the heavy lifting of building a business, right? And, you know, that's kind of why I was going to mention it. What I was going to mention here is uh, this is actually a really good book that I read. I was going to dip into drop shipping and I really, I don't do any drop shipping today at all because I think mm -hmm. the risk for my brand when it comes to drop shipping is way higher than affiliate marketing, right? So right now this is over here or over there is an affiliate link to this book, which is totally relevant to what we're talking about because you have to make a decision, what's right for you, what makes sense, what will help your brand. And I've made the decision that drop shipping, the chances that that will hurt my brand is way, way higher than affiliate marketing, right? Because affiliate marketing, I ship you off, you buy it from this company, now you're part of their ecosystem, I get a cut, but that's it. If I do drop shipping guess what happens you will think i'm the shipper i'm the seller i'm everything right so you got a problem you come to me and i got to deal with it and the, the the warehouse is somewhere in i don't know kentucky or i don't, I don't know where the warehouse yeah. would be right so um the the danger is way way higher for me maybe in a minute or so here you can uh tell me um for the other side of influencer marketing are students showing interest to working for companies 
companies that then would work with influencers or does that not come up as often? Yeah, about half of my class is is student half of my class is students who want to be influencers themselves have an interest in learning that skill set. The other half of my class is more so focused on the the you know building a social platform of influence and working with influencers for companies. So they're more interested in kind of learning like what the qualities of good influencers are. How do you, you know, give them experiences? You know, one of the different things that we talk about is, you know, how do you compensate an influencer? And there's a number of different models. I've talked with various different businesses, um, but there's a number of different models for compensating influencers. One is, you know, you have your affiliate links. Another is that you, you know, directly pay them for an ad read. Uh, so you ask them to read an ad or come up with their own ad if you're <laughs> if you're feeling lucky, right? Like I think that that works out really great when you have creative people that you're working with because they can come up with something amazing, but it may not align 100% with your with your you know business message and, and integrated marketing communications. Um, or you literally give your influencers no direct money but experiences. And I think that that's a really interesting way that companies are working with influencers too, is that instead of paying them directly, you say like, Hey, we will fly you out to this event. You know, our logos and stuff are sponsoring the event. It'll be in the background. You don't have to do any ad reads, just make whatever content you want to make while at our event. And that will, you know, basically be product placement for them in the background. Um, and so it comes off as less, um, desperate in a way because i mean when you sometimes we hear the ad reads as a as a viewer of content creators it's like okay this person's being they're they're shilling i want to just skip past it just like i would a traditional advertisement but when it's just yeah. you know coming from a truly authentic place either they love the brand or it's just in the background or something like that that's where i think you can have kind of the maximum impact and synergy between content creator and influencer and and a brand you kind of have to figure out what are your rules of engagement? What do you want to do? What works yeah. for you and what doesn't? I mean, I have very well-defined rules, who I work with, when I will work with them, who I accept an affiliate link from, who I will not accept an affiliate link from, and who I, uh, I expect to pay some kind of fee yeah. up front. So it's good to hear that people are 50-50 on either being a creator themselves or working mm -hmm. for a company. Um, Jacob, really happy to have you on the show today. If you want to check out his program, um, that QR code in the far corner there, scan that and really appreciate you coming on the show and, and uh, sharing your insights today. Thanks so much. It was great talking with you. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.